Welcome to Translating Infinity. They are communicating. Have we forgotten how to listen? You gotta take this higher! 2013. So it's June 26th, um, the morning after our camping trip in Chaco Canyon, and we're packing up and... And I wanted to record a few thoughts uh, about last night. Uh, It's so much, so much information and so much energy. Eileen's uncontrollable feelings continue deep into the night. Unable to sleep, she wanders the mysterious ruins of Chaco. I looked up and there was this lit object in the sky. They can uh, move interdimensionally uh, off the planet as well as in the planet. Welcome to episode eight of the Translating Infinity podcast. I am your host, Eileen Meyer. This episode on Chaco Canyon took a very long time to come together. I'm sorry about the delays. It had to do with computer, hardware, software, getting sick, and Mercury retrograde, I suppose. Thank you for your patience, and a big thank you for being a listener. I call myself a host of this podcast, but at this stage, it's more like an audiobook although this may change to include others at a future point. I have found it very interesting to converse with experiencers of all kinds over the years, particularly those who were seeking reflection with others like themselves, who have little to no interest in the cultural drama around the topic. They want to talk more about consciousness, how they've been changed as a result of these extraordinary experiences and how they continue to change in very positive ways. At this stage of the project, however, I have been moved to create this digital account of what happens to one contactee, the one I know best. When she finally surrenders to her fate, she accepts the situation and accepts the invitation to communicate with non-human intelligence. But it's not that straightforward. I've had to look back to see that this is what my life was and is about. And it turns out that while the messaging from them is empowering and hopeful overall, this has not been a happy, happy, joy, joy, blessings and greetings from our space neighbors kind of journey. No, not at all. It was my personal journey into hell and back. I had to look at all the lies the pain, the shame, the trauma, the reality of it all, both personally and collectively. They kind of go hand in hand. I learned that humanity is looping inside a lie because we agree with it. We agree with it so we don't have to face our own lies that we are telling ourselves. So we build pretend lives here. I used to hate those otherly beings for interrupting what I thought was a life, But through all of the healing, the tools, the practices they gave to me, 
I am more consistently awake and lucid inside this very strange collective dream. So this podcast or audiobook is here for those who find it now or in the future who may need this reflection. For those who willingly choose to break the spell, rise up out of this fog, and choose to remember the magic of their own consciousness. While I have certainly had the love, kindness, and support from friends along the way, I didn't have a human guide for this journey, for what I was experiencing. So everything that I've created over the years is not inspired by what I learned in consensus reality, but from beyond and within. I feel that in this episode, the account of my 2013 experiences in Chaco Canyon, New Mexico, illustrates much of what I have already been sharing with you about the nature of contact, that it comes in a variety of ways. These visitors or ambassadors from the unexplored territory of our consciousness seem to be successfully breaching the walls of our concrete worldview, one human being at a time. As usual, I draw from journals and audio video files that document what I share here. On this topic, it's way too much data to weave together at this time. So in this episode, I will cover the major pieces of the timeline. It includes the modalities of downloads, transmissions, a lucid dream where time travel was demonstrated to me, and visitations in my home at the time in Pecos, New Mexico. And of course, as always, I will cover what I learned, not in context of what is currently popular in ufology culture or any agreed-upon definitions of what all of this is, but rather what I learned directly through contact, through my own present-moment attention to what this intelligence is, and how I might respond to it in any given moment. You see, part of this journey of contact is reaching a core epiphany for some of us about why this world or construct has felt off or out of sync. And it is as follows. We're not getting the whole story because we're not whole. The majority of the collective remains unaware that on any topic, even the strange or obscure ones, they may still be following the narratives that were born from a fragmented view. If we are only using a fraction of our available biotechnologies, we will only see what the construct or limited parts of our brain dictate that we read or see on the screen. When we're willing to step back and perceive just the feeling essence of things without grabbing onto one of the given answers... I have found that a whole new way of seeing, hearing, and understanding emerges to meet this incoming data. Well, I I was learning this from them. It's taken many years of practice to not just immediately conform. And for me, this willingness to be with the discomfort of not knowing and being willing to be alone with this has paid off immensely. I began to learn their language in an accelerated way. Because I learned to listen, I began to discover more about why they are here and what they want us to know about healing our individual and collective traumas and related programming. They want us to know who we are at our core 
to crack open the hard shell and activate these dormant technologies again. This is some of what I covered in episodes six and seven. We will never know who they are until we know who we are. Currently, we are operating mostly as a a version of ourselves, and we have many of these versions over our lifetimes. So when we study what life forms might be out there and visiting us here on Earth, what we will see reflected on that screen are the many, many versions of E.T., I know this is an episode about Chaco Canyon, and I am getting there, but it's more important to me that the listener know about how I am even able to respond to a call to come to a remote location in the desert and to trust it. I'm not here to provide entertainment. I'm here to give you maps back to yourself and your own abilities. This episode simply demonstrates a few different ways that this communion can occur if the instrument, the body, and emotions are in tune. And the practice of the dialogue in episode 7 is one of the tools I was given to help us with this. The recorded piece at the top of this episode was a back and forth between an actual morning after recorded account on my iPhone in the campground. And then three years later, a clip from a TV production about my story. In 2015, the producer of the series found my blog post about this 2013 timeline that led up to my visit to Chaco Canyon. What I'd like to talk about in this episode is all of my interview on location that ended up on the cutting room floor. To fill in the blanks of what happened both before, during, and after the portion that they reenacted. Understandably, the producers of this TV series could not have taken my entire filmed interview into their Mysteries of the National Parks episode. Even if they were interested, there wasn't enough time. The episode included several subjects who had extraordinary experiences on this Navajo land. Apparently, I was the only one whose experience was not horrifying, something Chaco Canyon is known for. The first clip I'll share is from an audio transmission that I had filed away and rediscovered only recently while working on this episode. As I have explained, I was able to translate in this way following the Kundalini event, though it still took years to accept that this was really happening. We'll start the timeline here, May 5th, 2013, and in the following month of June, the downloads, dreams, and visits began all in preparation for this upcoming meeting. Here, as always, they are responding to my passionate dialogue that led up to the blending connection with them. So this reintroduction, this event that has been spoken of, is occurring as we speak. It will increase, it will accelerate in the coming weeks. We are here now having delivered and informed in the past of this coming time and now we deliver in an accelerated and upgraded form. 
let us be clear, as the channel has requested more clarity in this area. She is requesting that another veil be removed, a veil that she asked to have put in place so that there would be no misunderstandings about our identity and our work together leading up to this now moment. We also felt that the information was far more important than identity. Although we do understand that humans enjoy details when meeting someone new and engaging with someone that feels new, although we are not new to you in any way, shape, or form. We are related to you. This is a voice of many races. There are individuals and small groups that wish to meet with you now as you have been speaking out loud that this is what you would like to do. Understand that the enthusiasm is important and it is the starting point. It is the beginning of an actual manifestation of what it is you are asking for. And at the same time, there are a few new pieces of yourself that will need to be put in place should you desire to experience this in a benevolent way. The next several pieces are from what I had curated from all of my written materials at the time to write the blog post in 2015, the one that the TV producer found. I will be freestyle reading these notes and then adding further clarification as needed. The morning of June 9th. Download. Sitting at dining room table, engaged in mundane email tasks. The familiar magnetic presence comes over me, and an unmistakable message through energy resonance that I understand completely somehow. Go to Chaco Canyon. Take tent. Camp. Before end of June. Intersection. I saw an equilateral cross in my mind's eye. Contact to occur. Take Eduardo, in parens, filmmaker partner, and also I'll add here that he was the Mayan Achki you heard from in episode two. So let me break this down a bit from the perspective of my 2022 self. Magnetic presence, gold light, sound of gold files. This is all a signature vibration. This is often what I experience when I'm referring to a download. Downloads can be brief or quite voluminous. The next event is two days later on the night of June 11th. A dream. I see a movie marquee that says L'Anime 
L apostrophe A N I M. There's more to the word, but it's fuzzed out. Someone points out that I have a ticket in my hand to attend. I become aware that I have other choices for this timing other than attending this event, but it feels important to attend this show. I make the choice to use the ticket and attend. Dream ends. So dreams are probably where I get the best clues and data that I need as I navigate this phenomena, as well as for my everyday life. I have been recording and working with my dreams for over 40 years. I've learned a few things along the way, so when I say a dream showed me this or gave me this information, it's because I've learned the language. Non-human intelligence speaks through dreams a lot. So that very next morning, June 12th, Meditation. I was not thinking about the dream or anything. Simply showing up like I was shown by them how to do years ago. Message vision download was, you are holding the ticket to your soul contract or prior commitment. I later looked up every angle of what Lanim could be. My third CD is called Songs of Anima uh, in 2008. Anima is a Jungian term. Anim, root, means living, being, soul, breath. The Latin root, anim, means mind or spirit. So, spirit, anim, contract, ticket. So this happens quite often too. In my meditation or what I like to call my connecting time, I often receive bursts of insight or clarifying data. I have been meditating consistently for 30 years. A modified approach was taught to me by the presence in 1998. It was also the meditation that initiated Kundalini. The next notable experience was on the night of June 15th. Contact. Went to bed at 10.15 p.m. I fell asleep rather quickly. Woke up at 11.30 p.m. fully immersed in that distinctive vibration of contact, a timeless, well-known frequency to me. The love frequency is in my heart and solar plexus, as well as my right palm. It is highly magnetic, and it feels like the best drug ever. I know that contact is inevitable. The next time I am awakened, I am in full-on terror. I know that someone is outside my window or in my room. I am paralyzed. Somehow I manage a state of acceptance even though the level of panic is quite high. The rest of the night is moving in and out of the sleep state, back and forth between low-level anxiety and surrender into this presence of love. So to explain further, even after years, decades of accepting and integrating these high-frequency encounters, I can still feel the terror. Now there's progress, lots of it. In my teens, 20s and 30s, it was more along the lines of ontological shock in these encounters. 
but we can see here that I was able to meet the presence more consciously without the knee-jerk, out-of-control reaction when this presence is in my bedroom. The next notation is from that very next morning, June 16th. Download. Lying in bed, reflecting on what happened. A drop-in understanding download occurs. This was a test to show me, them, where I'm at on the scale of fear response to their frequency. Total aha moment when I realized this. Of course, it's what I learned in previous encounters, especially in my 1991 most pivotal contact experience. The notes go on to say, it feels like yesterday. They are showing me that they are the same and no time has passed. Quick note on that. This was a revelation for me. They experience no linear timeline as we do. It's like 1991 and 2013 were both happening at the same time. I could feel and know this completely, almost like they were empathetically showing me their viewpoint. And it's really awesome when this occurs. Moving on to late morning that same day, June 16th. Meditation. Insight. Maybe I can help people understand through my own contact experiences about the nature of frequency. I've had a lifetime of contact, and yet I still felt that frozen panic state with last night's visit. Not as challenging as the early 90s time frame, but it sure does provide an excellent gauge for what we're really prepared for with contact, both individually and collectively. Next up, it's now June 22nd on the timeline. I record in my audio journal some of what I'm feeling, plus an intention for the upcoming trip to Chaco Canyon. It's, it's just, it's always every single day showing up with this, this courage, you know, to just keep going um, because I can't go back there is no there's no going back uh, and and I realize that I am perceived as a way out there uh, by a lot of people even my quote spiritual friends um, I'm considered out there and uh, uh, I have to laugh because I, this is the tip of the iceberg. Uh, from what I feel and know in my being is possible. Anyway, uh, I want to go with Eduardo to Chaco Canyon and to intend uh, to meet, to film to um, make this connection. Uh, the guidance came uh, a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago. Uh, just dropped in, message, meet, meet us in the intersection at Chaco Canyon and uh, 
I had nighttime contact, uh, which had been a while. Um, I experienced that after that drop-in message. Um, so there seems to be uh, a mutual intent. Um, honestly, I my fear around it is, uh, you know, outside of the, hey, it takes a lot of courage uh, to meet these vibrations. Um, I have a lifetime of experience with how challenging that is. Um, but it's uh, really, I think, if I had to describe my greatest fear, it would be um, that nothing would happen. I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> okay, they're showing me to um, look up the word origin of uh, disappoint. And... Uh, that will provide some insight. Anyway, I'm, I'm willing to do this, to go camp at Chaco. Um, I don't want to be alone with this anymore. You know, you can only go so far with, with channeling, or I had a dream, I had a vision. Um, for me, it's perfectly wonderful and fine. It's, uh, it's that for some reason I have this um, reporter or journalist, uh, translator, bridge um, identity for this lifetime, um, that, that this is what I do, I help. Yeah, so, um, you see, I get my validation through frequency. Mm. You yeah, it's, it's uh, pure love that's uh, so big that, you know, you can't help but uh, be filled with it and, you know, lose your linear thought because um, it's so beautiful and you know, takes your breath away. But that's my validation. Um, I don't need spaceships to land. Um, I don't need spaceships to show up in the sky. Uh, I don't need that. Because I, I already connect with these beings, whether they're uh, Earth inhabitants or... Um, inhabitants of the heavens or both uh, I've never been attached to seeing with my 3D eyes um, ships uh, I have my validation in my heart and uh, in the tears I've wept uh, connecting to these beings. There's uh, absolutely no doubt at all. Uh, it's silly to even say that. 
Uh, of course they exist. <laughs> couple of notes on that word origin disappointment is to be deprived of a position so their point is don't take a position in the first place and you won't be deprived the other part I thought was important to leave in is this minute or so later you hear my emotional response to the presence pouring into me responding to what I was saying They've always comforted me like that, even when I was a child. Next up on the timeline, the date of our departure to Chaco. June 25th. Lucid dream. I have to say, this dream is in my top five of all time. Who wouldn't go lucid? when a scientist lion-cat being begins to levitate you off the couch and asks permission to send you through the blue window and demonstrate time travel. I'm going to read directly from my dream journal. I woke to the clock digits 747. I was with a group of people. They were different, with a feel of hippies or beatniks or just free thinkers. All of them were artistic and into design. I would be with them sort of peripherally and then in conversation, weaving back and forth both inside and outside on the street. They took me to a place where they had a very unusual friend. He looked different, moved differently, and didn't speak, though I could understand him in my heart-mind. This being had long golden hair and seemed lion or cat-like. I began hanging out with this group of hippies more and more. I was on the street when they slowly drove by, going somewhere with a purpose. I wondered why I wasn't invited. Next thing I knew, I was in the building they were always going to. It was a giant, open warehouse-looking, high-ceiling, one-room area. We all sat on the couch and talked about design and decoration of the place. They had made some progress already on the window coverings. The lion being wasn't as interested in that, but always seemed busy, like a mad scientist. He had these powers of speeding up time and manipulating physical reality. There was a blue, squarish, rectangle doorway that he would take the group through in literally a flash. I would just wait a few minutes until they returned. I wondered what I had to do to be a part of that. Before I could even finish my thought, the lion being started to levitate me off the couch. This is when I went lucid, and he was also asking permission. I was aware that I had to be lucid to give him that permission. That was a weird moment. When I said yes, he levitated me closer to the blue doorway, and through his panel of technology, he initiated the coordinates and sent me through the doorway. I remember it was like some contact experiences that I've had in the past or before an out-of-body experience, that loud rushing sound in your ears, the feelings of moving through the doorway in no time and then being in a completely different kind of reality on the other side are indescribable. But I was completely elated and invigorated by it. 
It was a shifting of dimensional reality. I loved it. It was familiar. It was exhilarating. Incidentally, I have an experiencer artist friend who painted that scene for me. Thank you, Zuzana. So that's the dream that I have on the day of our trip to Chaco. We set off in the morning and set up camp for the night. I'll read an overview from my 2015 blog post. We spend some time viewing the breathtaking panorama of stars, camera gear ready to record any inkling or twinkling of a hello in an extraterrestrial sort of way. There was much movement to be seen, but they were probably satellites. Soon the beauty of it all made me forget any remaining shred of expectation for off-planet communication. It was late and time to rest. Still, the camera had not been tucked away. It remained standing at attention to record anything unusual in the night, though it turns out that the camera could not follow me and capture what happened within. The night was filled with electricity. I found no comfort in sleep, as the rapid visuals and messages did not let up until about 3 a.m. It all began around midnight. I spoke out loud, articulating my appreciation for both the beauty and the challenges of my life, and the amazing contact and communion that I've had with extraterrestrial intelligence. I was here in Chaco to begin to make sense of this life and how I might help in the future. The first thing I heard was the lyric to one of the very first songs I wrote about my contact in 1991. I found myself scanning the skies, looking for those saucers that fly, and in my head they said, on the inside, not the outside, we fly direct to your heart and mind. That was a song called Descend On Me. With that reminder, I felt my body being sucked like a magnet into the earth. I was instantaneously one with Gaia and all of her natural beings. I was then reminded, as I had been numerous times over the years, that this is the conduit to communion with our off-planet family, our own Mother Earth. Feel, know, and be one with her, and you are in vibrational, resonant, heart communion with all intelligent, benevolent life throughout the cosmos. I was then shown many things, so many things that it feels like it will take me a year to unravel it all. So I'm simply content to invite it to come out as I write, speak, and sing over time. The blue portal that I was shown in my June 25th dream by the lion being and lucidly experienced myself came into full focus again. I was being shown that the blue interdimensional doorway was right here in Chaco Canyon. This I would see and understand with more clarity the next day. Once back at home, I did some research and unraveled that the blue star I was shown refers to the blue star Kachina in the Hopi prophecies, and it apparently represents the star system Sirius. By 3 a.m., I was completely exhausted and needed to empty my bladder. I took a flashlight and our Bodhi dog with me to the campground bathrooms. When I emerged, I walked about halfway back to the tent and looked up to the breathtaking canopy of stars. 
Straight ahead in the southern sky, I saw this thing that hovered in one spot. It then got bigger, as if coming closer, and then receded again. When I told Eduardo about it the next day, he asked me why I didn't come running to get him and the camera. My answer? I have no idea. I have found that when these things happen, there is a dream-like other-dimensional vibe that takes over rational thought. So I'm sorry that I don't have more than my little drawings. The two parallel horizontal light bars seem to be held together by two vertical thinner connectors, if that makes any sense. The glowing light was not even remotely like an airplane. Nothing about it was like anything I've ever seen. I'm sure I will receive more about this in the future, too. For now, you have my words and my scribbles. So that last part was a reference to the sketches that I had made, and I do not draw very well. Um, But you can see uh, in the television show that I will link below, um, they did a great job depicting uh, what it looked like in the sky. June 26th. More from the blog post. We packed up the tent and camping gear and began the nine-mile road trip around the ruins. I'm hoping to expand on this section in the future. For now, I will say that I certainly didn't think anything could get more exciting than the night before, but it did. I have many photos of the ruins, and they are all spectacular but our last stop was beyond exciting. I hiked up the hill to see the Casa Rinconada Kiva, the largest of them all. The energy in and around me was off the charts exciting and joyful. My heart so loved being there. I became so lost in the energy that I forgot to snap the most important photo of all, the one that brings this all home. So I borrowed it from another photographer online. Thank you. Here are my interdimensional windows in plain sight. It looked exactly like this in my dream with the lion being. Wow! And the energy I felt with this recognition truly drove it home. At the same time, I was seeing images of a giant vertical tube of light shooting down into the earth and up into the sky, crossing over the horizontal lines of light that the Anasazi created with their buildings and roads. This was the intersection that I had been invited to. I felt an inner confirmation that these kivas were interdimensional time travel portals. In my mind's eye, I saw beings transferring into the cosmos as well as into inner earth. I could see that some of them migrated horizontally, but most of them entered the light and went underground or passed through the blue windows just like I did the other night in the dream. I'm going to share a bit more of what I recorded on my iPhone the morning after this eventful summer night. This is when things were the freshest in my mind, after all. When I hear the 2013 version of me speaking, I can recall it instantly, what it felt like in my body. Extraordinary. June 26th. Audio recording. And the stars last night were just glorious. I started to feel Mother Earth. The focus shifted from the skies 
to Mother Earth um, beneath me, beneath my body. I'm lying there and the, the shift goes from my focus almost like gently being uh, nudged to, okay, let's take a look at Mother Earth in this equation here, in this location. And so I did, and immediately my body filled. It was like this pool of, um, I don't know how to describe it. It was this warm pool of liquid that filled me. And for a few seconds, it actually frightened me because I had not really felt that sensation before in that way. Uh, so that was a new feeling. So I just kind of breathed through it and allowed it. And then that's when things started um, downloading uh, about this location being one of many locations on Gaia that is a um, portal, if you will, or an intersection in consciousness, an interdimensional intersection. And that's why I've been shown the equilateral cross, like when the message first came uh, back in Pecos, um, you know, I see this emblazoned um, equilateral cross to, and, and this isn't the first time that symbol has come in messages throughout my life with this <clears throat> ET or what I'm now calling T, terrestrial intelligence. Because uh, I've always been uncomfortable just calling it extra, like beyond the earth, because I now know that the earth is um, a part of this network. Uh, and we can't just exclude that because this intelligence that we live upon uh, is amazing. And I know that <laughs> more, than, more than ever now uh, after last night. So what I was uh, shown was that in this intersection, um, people can... Uh, in in the vertical part of the cross, they can uh, move interdimensionally uh, off the planet as well as in the planet. Uh, and then, of course, there's the horizontal <clears throat> um, the horizontal uh, migrations of humans uh, across the surface of the earth. Um, but that there are uh, significant um, interdimensional uh, portals. Bodhi just took off to chase the ravens <laughs> like he's going to get them. Um, and this is one of them. So I, I can't really speak about any of the others. I, I wanted to capture this. The other, um, the other memory, important uh, memory that I have is that there was a reference back to the dream with the blue square and the lion being that, uh, um, you know, 
basically showing me um, not only those blue interdimensional doorways, but blue stars. Uh, and I don't really have a personal reference for that, so I'm going to have to um, look that up. Uh, anyway, there's no uh, internet here, so um, completely off the grid, which feels amazing. I, uh, I really, part of me was torn and anxious about being disconnected, but most of me was uh, happy to be disconnected and uh, disconnected from the uh, not so real world back to the real world. Um, and I'll record more uh, if I remember it, but I need to get going because it's getting very, very hot. <laughs> So, bringing us back to present day, 2022, it was earlier in the year that I received another call to return to Chaco Canyon. And thus why all of this has been brought back into review. It's been nine years. This is obviously a dynamic, continuously expanding project. And it's time to meet them again. This is not an advertised or public event. Mind you, it isn't even certain to occur. I was informed through their feeling language that the probability for this journey was high for the dates that I was given. If all goes well, we will be there again this summer. At this point in writing the episode, I had thought I was complete. There had been another clip that I considered early on, but in the interest of time, I placed it back into the media bin. Because I recently came across this recording, and it was in the time leading up to the Chaco trip, and because this was a very pronounced energy and voice, I've decided to place it here at the end. I'd like to invite you to consider it has taken me many years to really trust these different voice soundings that my body just knows how to receive. In all of these years in recording, sometimes transcribing and then filing away, never once has this data steered me wrong. Never once has it been wrong. Many times it could have been translated more clearly, for sure. But that's on me. I wouldn't call them predictions, but in a lot of ways, when looking back, I can see that they were predictions. They were preparing us for a coming intersection in time or loops of reality. And they seemed to be saying that we would do well to rise to meet the occasion to be present. So I will close now, and following this, I will share the clip from May 8th, 2013. And I thank you once again for listening up to the end. This episode took the most time to bring together of all of them. This is a massive project for me overall. Every time I thought I was ready to record, More of my never-before-listened-to recorded data from the past would surface, as if to say, but wait, wait, there's more. 
And when I listened to those filed away messages, I could feel an unlocking occurring within me, as if in direct response to the production of this episode. And it's getting even harder to translate the timelessness of this work and this life. But I'm still going strong. I love this planet and I love humanity with all my heart. Remember, you are loved. You are love. And there's a purpose for you being here now. Don't be afraid. I'll meet you in the intersection and we'll hear them say, welcome home. You are awakening now. This is very clear. Your group, Collective Consciousness on Earth, is changing rapidly on a daily basis. We do perceive your fatigue. It is understood. This is why we work with frequency entrainment. For it is in the frequency that you receive your information, your love, food, sustenance for your well-being. It feeds your greater identity, thereby assisting you in manifesting this greater identity on earth, within your communities. Understand that you will not be able to achieve this wholeness by utilizing your old identity, by utilizing only a small portion of your consciousness, smaller understandings. You are attempting to bridge to the greater identity, to your families off the planet with a sliver of your consciousness. This is not achieved through the intellect. This is achieved through your heart understanding, your heart's connection to the core of Earth and the core of your galaxy, primarily. There was reference recently, a suggestion from one of these beings that has come to hold frequency, to be frequency, to anchor frequency, a suggestion that you enjoy the ride. This was a good reminder. If there was one message that we would choose as this group collective consciousness to convey to you, to have you receive and comprehend it would be this it is all joy it is all fun it is an exploration your life is eternal there is no death there is no way your consciousness 
your identities, your universal identities. There is no way that this will ever end. Recall the joy that you felt in choosing to be here at this time. There is nothing to fear, nothing to fear. You have been taught to fear within this limited bandwidth that you chose to insert yourselves within. And you are rapidly recalling that you are more. You are rapidly feeling and reintroducing these frequencies into your being. And we are witnessing this with great enthusiasm and celebration. Feel this, know this. There will be much laughter when we meet again. in this grand intersection of consciousness, laughter, joy, creativity. This is your signature vibration, all of you. We choose to be here now to speak in this way, to assist you in recalling these feelings, these frequencies as your own. Whenever there is a desire, a request, a prayer, if you will, from any of you to assist you with this, we are present. It may not look like what you expect. This way of transitioning and expanding and returning to the embodiment of the frequency that you are. This was a temporary exploration into extreme limitation one of the greatest challenges that you may list on your resumes, your cosmic resume. We smile when we say this. We are translating. And sometimes the translations are humorous to us. We love you. We are you. You will remember very soon in your timing. You will remember. Trust. We encourage you to let go of needing to understand and comprehend and sort this out with your limited capacities. We encourage you once again to rely on frequency to guide you, feeling, knowing. When you feel these frequencies that you identify temporarily as us, 
this group consciousness off planet assisting you, you will soon own it for yourselves. And we will have much to celebrate. Much laughter, much joy. Feel this. Know this. For it is truth.